Yeah, uh, things are things are good. Things are interesting for for the next year. Um, we just added this new service that I really think can help us moving forward. Um, oh, nice. I think I think I talked to you a little bit about it, where uh, you kind of have partnered with um, this agency that they help you book you on podcasts uh, that your audience listens to. And then on top of that, what we do is we repurpose this podcast into content creation. So usually what we used to do is help them start and set their own podcast and be a host and interview other people. Um, we still offer that and it's working really well, but now we have the counterpart, which is if you don't want to host your own podcast, you can go as a guest to other people's podcast um, and tap into their audience, leverage the audience that somebody else has already built and then build your own audience through the content repurposing on LinkedIn, Twitter, etc. Um, so we, we were planning on doing that. Like we were thinking about doing that in, in 2021. Uh, but then I remember that I knew the CEO of an, of an agency who does this and, and we kind of white labeled them and it allows us to like speed everything up much quicker because they're an expert on one thing. We're expert on the other thing. Uh, and, and yeah, people seem to love it. It's, it's just an easier sell than LinkedIn content creation or because um, they already have immediate wins. They mm-hmm. have some wins easier, quicker. Um, so that kind of makes everything else the icing on top versus the whole, the whole thing. Um, but yeah, that, that service is going well. I think in 2021, I'm going to push that really hard and I'm going to see how it, how it turns out. How, how are things on your end? So, so they, they're basically uh, booking them as a guest on other people's podcast. Yeah, so basically it would be like, um, like let's say uh, we have a real estate CEO, right? He's the CEO of a, of a real estate company um, and he wants to reach other real estate investors to continue to grow their, his personal brand um, and drive inbound opportunities for new deal flow, et cetera. Um, so what we would do is we would research uh, the main podcast in uh, his target audience. Uh, so where, where's his target audience listening to? Uh, and then we would represent them and introduce them to those podcast hosts uh, to bring them in as a guest. So it's kind of a PR public relations um, mm-hmm. of 2020 kind of move. Um, they would go into the podcast that record the episode, share their expertise, um, have the episode recorded, send it to us, and then we would take care of um, repurposing that into LinkedIn and Twitter content. So on one hand, they leverage somebody else's audience. And on the other hand, they build their own audience on, on social. Um, so that's kind of how we're seeing it. Uh, and I think that kind of like helps speed up the main issue that we've had so far that is, it might take three months or two months to start getting results from content creation on LinkedIn. Uh, so you're getting an immediate win when you're like jumping to somebody's podcast and somebody and 500 people listen to your talk for, for an hour. Um, and now the content is just a way to build your own audience on the side. Um, so we've, we were planning on doing a couple trials, but eventually we just sold two or three packages of that. We might sell one more today or tomorrow. Um, so that's been, that's been a good move for us. It's been definitely a good move. 
yeah, I see, I see so many people like searching for those kind of services on Twitter these days. Like everybody is asking who is like booking the podcast, who is like the, who are the agency companies, however do we call it, that do that, like podcast production, also booking, speaking and those kind of things. And I think there's, there's a, there's demand. Yeah, I, I just don't want to become a public relations company. Uh, so that's kind of where my limit is. Because even public relations companies, the vast majority of them, they're not focused on, on podcasting. They're focused on Forbes and the Wall Street Journal and all that stuff, Inc. Magazine. Uh, so for me, it's more about can we, can we find that niche in between them of public relations in the 2020? Because I think a lot of public relations firms are behind on things and they don't understand content marketing and then they don't repurpose the episodes and all that stuff. Um, so can we build that while understanding the new game and taking advantage of what the old companies don't get yet? Um, so I think that that's something that we can do. Um, and, and from a financial standpoint, it's a bit of a more expensive service that we offer, which is also good for like the company. Because one of the, I mean, we can talk about this in the call, but one of the goals for next year is to increase the average deal size that we that we have coming in um so that's one of the things that is also really helping i'm talking but nobody can hear me <laughs> yeah nope no yeah. i was like i think you're muted my man <laughs> yeah yeah that, that sounds that sounds good i like it as uh, as much as you can diversify and that diversification doesn't take toll on what you do and your main focus that's it's always a good thing yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it can be good what I like about it is that we're not building it from scratch so we leverage this other agency that does it very well uh, and adding our flair on top that kind of differentiates us from them and we're not just a middleman we add value on, on top of it um, so that makes it easier because having to figure out a new service, I think it's really hard, especially something as complicated as this. Um, so it was easier to do that, even though we're probably paying a bit more in terms of cost by outsourcing it, um, than doing it ourselves, but it just makes quicker, faster, quicker to implement, and we're going to deliver better results. Um, so we're kind of buying their expertise, their network, all that stuff. Um, it's it just been fun to do it. Uh, like it's a personal project that it, it all started because I'm sure you get this a lot, but on LinkedIn, I got like a hundred spam messages about, uh, Hey, you should have me on your podcast because I'm this good and I do this and I, this is me. And, uh, but no research about my podcast, no telling me why my audience is going to enjoy it. Nothing. Right. So I was like, there has to be a better way to do this. Like, uh, so I was like, can we find somebody who's doing this the right way? Who's doing it the funky marketing way. And, <laughs> and, and we, I think we did find somebody. So um, it, it's exciting to see and trying to break through the negative and bad practices. Right. Like you guys said on the, on the funky marketing voices, um, we have to call out people on that and stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's good. It's good. Like 
I mean, uh, what we did, like, what are we doing actually with Monkey Marketing Top Voices? Uh, I also do it with, with other with clients and with other companies because, like, I've been in organization of digital events, not only digital, offline as well, for a long time. And, you know, a lot of, of our clients are now, like, starting not only, like, podcasts, but also, like, uh, a batch of events, different kinds of one, like, even some of them like once a week with one main event per month and it's kind of going good but like we are here to help them get people to the to the event actually have the the engagement while the event is is on and then like to distribute content yeah what have you found to work well in terms of like because i think events work but people are failing at getting the the right number of people and the right quality of people to the event in the first place. Um, so a lot of events that I see end up being like, not, um, not, not, there's not enough people. So what are you doing in terms of like the pre-distribution of the, of the event? So that people register and all that. Yeah. The, uh, like there is too, too many events and a lot of people on one of them are not very entertained to be on, on the event. Right. So I'm trying to get as as much as possible things like fire fireside chat, like uh, things when okay we can maybe pre-record the session, but the the speaker needs to be uh, in the chat yep. while it is on and like engage with people and contact everybody. Like we need to have a person while the event is on that can uh, like highlight the the key. To topics or parts of the of the speeches but while we are promoting it from the start uh, I try to intrigue people mm. as, as much as much as possible because I think you know, everybody can be can bring now high-level speakers right like this is kind of something okay it's good that you have them and it's kind of advantage over the others maybe some Smaller companies cannot bring like top level speakers, but like if you can, like what are some things that they will tell you that they don't tell to anybody else on their events? Like those kind of things, like we narrow down the things. Uh, also like um, there are a lot of companies that are now creating events just for the sake of creating events. Like we're gonna have our guys from the company like speak. I don't recommend that. Those kind of events are good, but for, uh, the events inside the company right like that's also also something and it's hard like when you when you first start there will be very little people and that's just something that you you need to to see i don't know with with uh, with a lot of clients we started and we didn't know what to expect Makes especially sense. this month the, the month before we didn't know what to expect but when they asked me like how many people are going to attend, I have no idea. Right. Uh, but if you like run ads and get people to sign up and we can have the proper, uh, let's call it like the nurturing cadence. Like I was going to say, do you, can, do you have something to nurture them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's just kind of like the, the basic one when they have like, thank you for the registration, then the event is coming in like, five days it's coming in three days it's coming tomorrow and like three notification before the event like they, they cannot escape it if right. they want to want to be there 
uh, and also like inviting people to participate with, uh, with sending us the questions and those kind of things. That's, that's always, that's always a good thing. Uh, but I don't know, like most of the presentations, most of things, as soon as somebody pops up with a, with a PowerPoint presentation, me as somebody who is attending the event are turning off the event. I don't know. That's just me personally. And I don't consider here as the event like workshops, like five hour workshops, those kind of things. That's something completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's hard because now everybody's doing events, right? Um, and it's hard to differentiate yourself when it's an online event versus a uh, in physical event. Because if you're doing an event in the suite in the Empire State of New York City, you're going to get people. You know, because you're going to bring good food, good wine, um, bring a one or two good speakers, then you're going to get some people there, right? Um, but it's harder when it's an online event because it's just harder to differentiate yourself. It's like you're going to do it through Zoom, just like everybody else. And the quality is going to be shit, like everybody else. You can do some improvements, but the gradual improvement that you can do is not as high. Um, so you actually have to focus more on the content that you're delivering and the pre-distribution and the nurture cadence, right? Um, one thing that I found, I'm actually writing a Twitter thread about this today. Um, and we talked about this, I think, before. Uh, it's what we as marketers can learn from D2C. Uh, and one of the things that if I was a marketer, I would be looking at would be how are rappers and artists uh, promoting virtual concerts? Uh, I think they're doing a much better job than any B2B companies because um, they're in the same situation, right? A, a rapper, an artist and a B2B marketer right now is in the same conundrum, which is events usually have a large part of our revenue. Uh, they're part of our sales process. Now we cannot do them in person. How do we do them online? For artists, concerts are how they make their money. Um, it's not merch. It's, it's, how, it's concerts. So it's the same thing. How do we do them online? And there's this rapper that I like called Easy, who's doing a back-to-back -back concert on the 22nd and 23rd. And the way he's promoting on social, the way he's using ads, um, the way he's like providing incentives to come in, um, it's just crazy how he's doing it. And the copy is good, the creatives are amazing. Um, and if you're a B2B marketer, I think you have to look at inspiration in other places and bring it to your place. Um, so I sign up for this Easy concert I paid 25 bucks for watching through the laptop, which is crazy to me, right? Uh, but the marketing was so good that I want to be part of it. Uh, I would not pay 25 bucks for any yeah, yeah. conference unless they do something like that. Um, and if you're doing it for free, you're still getting an hour of my time, which is valuable, and you need to like market it the right way. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of musicians now, also like actors, directors, they all have workshops. Yeah. Uh, courses like Alicia Keys is selling her course of like singing. I don't know what it is, <laughs> like playing piano. And I mean, it's, it's good. Uh, and like I was just the other day uh, when we already talking about it, like St. John. Yeah. Like, hip hop. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we call it trap hip hop? Like he was doing. Um, Hmm, how do we call it? I don't know. Like he went, he took some some girls with him 
went into the strip club. Mm -hmm. He is the one who's playing the music and they are dancing on the podium, oh, everything. Funny. And it's like 45 minutes and his songs are going on. He's throwing money at them, like <laughs> those kind of things. And like, man, it's perfect. Like the songs are really like made to be listened in this kind of atmosphere. And it's like, for, for some, yeah, it's kind of kind of a short movie. Like they are entering the strip club. Uh, you can see the entrance, everything. Like he is walking around, throwing the money, everything. They are dancing like around the pool and all those kind of things. And then like they are going out. It's yeah, kind, yeah. Kind you of, have to be creative with your content, right? Especially in nowadays. Um, first time B two B weekly that we talk about strip clubs. If you're listening, this is not something that we talk about regularly. Uh, we might moving forward though, but. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think, like we were saying, right, like you have to steal, stealing ideas is not bad when you're stealing it from other industries and then you're bringing it to your own. Um, so how can that look like? I, I'm not 100% sure, but maybe if you have a B2B podcast, now you're recording, you know, the entrance of the before the episode and then the after the episode, and you're recording like how the guest comes into the building. Um, or like you're trying to find ways to differentiate yourself and, and be more creative with your content and do it more of a D2C way. Um, so I, I think that's a big focus for 2021 of like, how can we be more original with our content, right? For example, I don't know if you follow him, um, Corporate Bro. He, oh, you have to follow, you, I think you would like him. I'll send you the link later. He makes like comedy about um, sales and B2B and marketing. Uh, he says that marketers don't do shit and that they're just marketers just hanging out and and sales are the ones that are doing it. But he makes, he's like a stand-up comedy of B2B marketing and he has a big following um, based on that. And he is now a speaker. He's now uh, an investor, a consultant. And so when you're more creative and you're trying to like bring it D2C, I think that makes your, your whole market a bit more real, a bit more personal. Definitely, man. We need to we need to implement all kind of things, especially in B two B. Like nothing is being implemented over there, and I think like uh, hi, Alexandra. Like doing anything that's different. Like what I'm seeing right now that bands are doing like lavender and all all kind of. Uh, different like smaller brands which are now appearing on LinkedIn on their pages they are doing the things that I was doing like six or seven years ago on my Facebook page right. uh, and uh, like Martin from my company who is like 24 is doing right now the, his page is like short uh, sentences kind of just uh, just going after something just randomly throwing out shit that right. you feel you know and it that's kind of working like wow we are pumping up like we are going and i mean it's hard to do right now in this stage you know to go back to to be like that you need to have a dedicated person who will do it but if you can hire somebody who is who is young who knows what are your values but can implement something on his own and be himself that's like that's like great thing exactly what we did with like funky marketing uh newsletter when like I said, Martin, you are now Master Martin. Go ahead and write your newsletter. That's it. I think you've, you're doing 
you've, you've done, you're doing, and you will continue to do something really special. Um, because there are many, there are few B2B companies that have built a brand like you guys have. Uh, we haven't, for example. I think I've built a good personal brand and it's going well, but I haven't built the influence sporting brand like you have. Um, uh, there, there is one thing I want to tell you, which might be interesting. Like, yeah. Because uh, I've been talking with people because we need to hire some, some more people. And uh, like a girl sent me the message, uh, like a mile long message on LinkedIn, like saying, I am the right fit. I'm like the, the funky marketing girl, everything else. Like I said, okay. So she scheduled a call and the email she's using is funky marketing BCN. Like she's living just right outside of Barcelona. Oh, <laughs> Her Instagram profile is also keep it funky BCN, like working with vines, those kind of things on one hand. And like it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I was talking with uh, I was mentioning her um, on a podcast with Jake, mm -hmm. and he was like, Man, if you don't hire her, I will hire her. Let give me the information. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think like like I said, um, you guys have built real infant. Obviously, you, you're not like a Gary Banner type of thing, but that's also not your goal. Uh, but like, for example, yesterday I got like maybe like 20 messages or 20 connection requests, 20 to 25, saying, hey, I saw you on Nemanja's Top Voices, uh, thought we should connect, right? So that's actual influence that if you have people that go through the whole list of the people that you put out and, and ask to connect with them, it means that people actually give a fuck about what you have to say. Um, so definitely wanted to like congratulate you on that because I think you're, you're doing something really special. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was kind of, uh, not in a shock, but kind of surprised. Like last night I was reading through the comments and like the guy who hired us to work with HTech, like Nico Slavnich, who's also on the list, uh, wrote in the comments like, Nemanja is, is the goat. Yeah, like, right. Okay, okay, somebody, somebody actually considers me as a guy who actually is doing things differently. That's kind of great. I still think I need to go a long way. Like even, I was kind of reading the, my own post from like 2017, <laughs> when like uh, people compared me with Josh Fetcher at the time on LinkedIn mm. and Gary, yeah. Gary V from Serbia, Josh Fetcher from Serbia. And I like about the post, like, I'm not either of them. Like, I still have a long way to go. It's, and it's important to know who you are and where you, where you stand. Yeah, I think we, we all, all of us have a long way to go. That doesn't mean that we're not doing, or that you're not doing a great job, right? Um, so, from the outside looking in, because it's hard to see it when you're in the inside, uh, but from the outside looking in, it really does, you can see the change from like, especially you and I that have like, we know each other for like nine or 10 months or, or almost a year now. Uh, you can see the change and the growth. And honestly, I'm excited to like see where you, where you take it a year from today or five years from today. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting, like last, last week, I was like, you know, we had like, uh, guys had COVID, were absent from, from work, so I needed to step in in some operations and, and do some work that I usually don't do. 
uh, and like all tired and everything. Uh, I was just talking with my wife and like, um, cause I've been trying to hire people and I've been listening to what they're saying. Like US companies are paying people much more than I can. Right. You no. Know? And like, uh, so I, I told her, okay, like, look, there, there is one thing that I can do. And that is like, uh, I will stop thinking and, uh, and actually caring about like where I am right now. It just started to saying, okay, I don't care. Like we are, we know what we, what we know. We do what we do. We are as good at what we are doing as majority of us companies we can actually be on the on the on the same level and that's how uh, i'm gonna charge that's how i'm gonna hire and like i'm gonna be more bold, bold in that and like nobody's stopping me i don't see like the, the competition competitors here are actually good people you know uh and uh, there is a place for everybody else so let's just uh put a guess and go and go uh all the way yeah, I think uh, this is something that I've been thinking about as well. It's you have to hire, charge, and work like the company that you want to be, not like the company that you are today mm -hmm. or that you were last year. Right? So, for example, when we hired Andrea, we could have hired a part-time account manager that worked for like 10, 15 hours a week. Um, and that's what I did before finding Andrea because I was a bit scared financially, right? I like, I want, like, you know, we're from Europe. We don't have, we have not seen that much money as American companies have. Uh, but then I was like, if I really want to achieve the goal of doubling our revenue by next year, by the end of 2021, and go from 15 clients to 30 clients, then I do need to hire somebody full time, even if that means taking a loss right now. And so if we, think about where we want to go and kind of reverse engineer what we need to get there. It changes the way we charge, right? That we charge more now, um, who we hire and how much we pay. Uh, that doesn't mean like we should go crazy on it, but um, it, it changes our mindset, especially for us coming to Europe. But honestly, I think that's even less important now. Like uh, I, I think it's, especially with COVID where everybody's working remote, that disadvantage that we had that we were not in New York city it's kind of gone away. Uh, so now it's the time, that it's an equal opportunity field, the one that prepares the most, the one that goes above and beyond, the one that can deliver the best service is the one that wins. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, if you have an accident or not. Uh, so I, I definitely think that with the work that you guys do, uh, I, I mean, I've told you this before, I think you could go full in on the American market. Like I, I think, and charge, Maybe like twice as much charging right now and mm -hmm. and go full in on, on that american market i obviously it's your company i'm not this is unsolicited advice but i think a lot of american companies would really uh appreciate working with somebody like us yeah def definitely i mean that's where we are and like we're going you know what's happening with, with good like the companies that we started to work with last month uh they were all like on started packages Mm -hmm. This month, I'm kind of sending invoices. They say that must be a mistake. Like we are going to the next level, right? Like oh, they like send us the bigger invoice and don't don't complain if we give you more stuff to do. Right? Okay, that that's it's great. A good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think 
maybe we can talk about this in another episode because I have to go in about five minutes. Uh, but as a European and a European company, we struggle with certain things about money. Because, mm-hmm. like, what's the average salary in Serbia, for example? Like, for a normal person, not, not like an entrepreneur, like uh, somebody that works in a normal job. Yeah, I think 400 euros. Right? That's crazy. The average. That's crazy. So, like, it's hard for us to ask for, like, $5,000 retainer monthly, right? Because it's 10 times the average salary of what the people that we go to the bar and drink next to. Uh, in Spain, the average salary is about a thousand euros, thousand twelve hundred maybe. It's hard to ask for like ten k or twelve k, right? So we we have that misconception with money, uh, and it's hard to like break that limiting belief uh, financially. At least for me, I really struggle with it. Um, and but when when you tr- break it or when you get better at it, then you like start realizing that those are not the prices that they would charge for worse work in New York or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, it's just funny to see how like, that's one of the biggest, I think that's the main disadvantage of being European. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not that you're away from American clients. It's not that you have an accent. It's that we have a fucked up relationship with money. We're, we're scarce. We, we, there's scarcity with, in, in terms of- Yeah, um, I mean, there is also like, I don't know how it is in, in the US and not, not really, but uh, I think they have some kind of like financial education uh, compared to, to us here. Like we have none and like we need to educate ourselves. I don't know, in Spain, it maybe is a little bit better, but here like we didn't have even investors, right. like those kind of things. And right now these things are started to happening. So we can really like learn from doing, we, we couldn't learn from doing before and like uh, I mean, even when I say to someone, like our starting package is like 2K and like they say, man, can you really charge them? Like I said, this is the start. Right. So they don't get much for that. So we, then we go, we go up and there was like, wow, man, can you, can you really, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, actually I, I raised the prices as, uh, like. I was talking with people and when I tell them the price, they don't complain. It means right. that I can charge more. It's too low. Yeah. So so I go I go more and now I like, say, okay, I'm gonna gonna raise it even even more than 2K and I'm I'm gonna see what happens. Right. You know, because when they schedule the call, they actually need to uh, to tell me the numbers. Right. You no, know, and then I see what's what's going on. Yeah, it's, I mean, the same thing happened in, for us, right? For, for us, our average deal size right now is about 50, between 1,500 and 2,000. Um, and we want to increase that. But like my mom made $1,900 a month uh, or a little bit better than $1,900 a month her whole life, right? And that was a good salary in Spain. As a, as a teacher, mm-hmm. it was not a bad salary. Um, but it's crazy for me to ask for a monthly retainer for more than what my mom made after 40 years of career, right? It just, or 50 years of career. So like that, that's how tough it is for, I think, as Europeans to, to ask that. Because then people around you, like you're saying, right? 
They said, Do, can you really charge that? And I'm like, fuck, I should be charging more, but now you make me feel like I should be charging less. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but yeah, it's funny. It's funny how that kind of plays out. Um, but yeah, I think this was a good episode. I think we, we talked about very interesting stuff. Um, yeah, uh, I was, I was uh, today I was kind of getting the timestamps, like mm-hmm. I'm going to send you from, from the previous episodes. Yeah. Uh, and like we talked a lot of, about all kind of different things and I wanted to do it differently, like so it can be a conversation, not my part or your part, just yeah. like conversation around specific topics like what we talked about, why CEOs uh, don't go all in on LinkedIn, like those kind of things. Uh, and man, we are really sharing uh, extra knowledgeable, specific insights from the industry. Absolutely. And I, what I really like about this podcast, and if I was a listener, that, that's what I appreciate, is it's not just a marketing podcast or a B2B podcast. Like, there's a part about being a CEO, there's parts about being a man, there's parts about family, about money. Uh, so I really, this is one of my favorite hours of the, of the week. Just want to, you know. Um, yeah, and you know what we need to do? We need to, uh, to start uploading regularly. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I, I, that, that's my fault. Uh, I, I'll upload everything today. I, I have you. Yeah, yeah it, it's good. It's good. Like, people don't know now, but uh, they will listen before this episode, the previous one where we had, like, six all people, six different, like, marketers, and uh, just, like, talking about all kind of things that happened in 2020 and going into 2021. And it's kind of kind of interesting. What are we doing, brother? Are we recording another episode till the end of the year or are we making a break? Uh, uh, we can record next week if you want. And then let's do, let's do the last one. No yeah. break. <laughs> Why break? No, we can do the 23rd and then on the 30th we can do a break. And then come back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds good. I think we're going to be on the break as, as Funky Marketing uh, first 10 days of January. Just yeah. kind of get away from, from everything. And yeah, I'm, oof, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to vacation. I know, I know. Uh, awesome, brother. So I'll see you next week. And then the week after we can take a break. I'll, I'll miss you two, week, two Wednesdays from today, but I'll see you next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye-bye, brother. See you, bye. Take care, Alexandra. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Ciao.